What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast. All right, we're back. It's been a bit, a bit of a hiatus, eh? I was sick as a dog last week. There's no way I could do, it, do anything. It's coming out both ends, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Not for you too many visuals, but... Which, way, uh, which end is worse for it to come out? Oh, I don't like puking. That's yeah. the worst for me. Even though, yeah, I don't want to get into too many details on this, but... It was, it was a close close tie, but edge to the puking <laughs> is the worst. Well, Especially the flu bug is going around the flames right now, apparently. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's that time of year. Flu bug is going to flu bug. Fucking all are back, eh? I wish that flu bug would hit McDavid. Right? He only he seems to get stronger when he's, like, sick or something. Fucked up. Fuck was that great when the, he sucked and they sucked for like three weeks? Wasn't that yeah. amazing? Yeah, that was fun. No, they're like the, the hottest team in the NHL. Won like six straight. They're they have the exa- what, what, <laughs> he's got what twenty twenty points in like six games or something he's, ridiculous. Yeah, he's basically a three point per game stretch. Yeah, it's totally normal. Is he uh is he leading the league yet? Probably what's getting the there. What's the gap now? Because he was like two hundred tenth last time we recorded. And I was like, oh, he's won't take long. now like sixth. He's thirty four points. Kucherov leads with forty four. So he'll get there probably by the end of the night. Actually, are we the only ones that don't like this guy? Like he's so annoying. How good he is? Yeah, I don't think anybody really likes him. What's there like? These commercials with him and Gretzky. Fuck, those are cringe. Eh? I like how I like how that guy got the uh, senator's guy got like fined or whatever or no suspended for like forty games for like betting what? on sports. Shane Pinto. Cool. And, and then like every commercial I see is gamble. Right. Don't gamble. 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 Don't gamble. gamble there's a there's gamble. a great there's a great meme of oh Shane Pinto's been suspended for forty one games and like the senator's helmet sponsor is like. A betting company, it's fucked up. <laughs> so, he, you're not allowed to bet on any sports or just your own games. Well, any sports. I don't really know the full details, but I guess like there's some investigation. I guess like any sports. I don't know the rules. Whatever it is, it's really stupid. That's dumb. It's really you dumb. Can go to you can go to a casino though. Oh place. yeah, no problem there. Like you, he can't even bet on football. Or you I don't th- know. I don't know. I don't have no fucking clue. All I know like is he maybe was... <laughs> maybe it makes sense that you can't bet in your own league. But you should be able to bet on sports. He was suspended for activities relating to sports betting. So how do they figure that out? Like the the he's just on his he's downloads an app on his phone, bets two dollars. Yeah, they bets, like trace his IP address or something. Bets two dollars from a home score a touchdown on the on the next drive. Cash is in twelve dollars. Busted. Forty-one games. I'm sure they're they're betting higher amounts than two dollars, but <laughs> dude, that's a steep fucking 
Oh yeah, you can like kill somebody in the NHL. You can beat the shit out of your wife. You can, oh, yeah, that's I fine. Guess, I guess you can't do that either. You can't, but what's it, the what's the latest on Lucic? I don't know. I it's, he's disappeared into the ether. It seems. Fuck was that weird? A eh? watching him in the court in the courtroom. That was insane. That was like some like what like surreal like it was, looked fake. He he kind of still looked drunk. If that you must go- that must have been some bender. If you Google. Talk about a guy who would be scary, blasted out of his mind. Holy, no oh, shit! Eh? If you Google Lucic, you know how when you Google stuff, like the the first thing that comes up is like people like suggestions of what people also ask. The second one, the top two questions are why did Milan Lucic leave the Bruins, and the second one is why does Lucic have a hunchback? <laughs> <laughs> We've already covered this. Fun fact. Eh? Yeah. Remember the old fun facts? Fun facts that are super depressing. Fun fact. He's got a disease, folks. Not even joking. What's it called? Schumerans? Schumerans? Fuck, I don't know how to pronounce Schumerans. that. Schumerans. Fuck, I don't know. It's strange to me, though, that you can still play a professional sport with that disease. Why is it? Is it really a disease? I guess it's not a disease. It's more like a... Like what? Uh, abnormality? Yeah. Because, I mean, if it's a disease, this guy's still playing in the NHL. It can't be much of a disease. You can still beat the living daylights of the guys. <laughs> I was watching highlights of that. Remember that Nashville game where we beat the shit out of them? Oh, yeah. I saw you posted some stuff. I don't know why I was talking about that. What was I talking about? I oh, I was just bummed. At Z- well, not bummed. But I was like, I was like, I like having guys like Zadorov on the team, like big, tough guys. And I was just watching highlights of that game where like, Chucky was fighting and Branson beat the living shit out of a guy and Lucic crushed Duchesne. That was a great game. Yeah. When we had multiple options of just when we played big boy hockey. Yes. That was a while ago. Although Zari's Zari got into a little scrap last game. I'm liking Zari. He's he's kind of like uh liking. I'm fucking loving him. He's kind of like he's got I don't want to say he's like a Chuck, but he definitely has way more skill than I expected. I don't know. Yeah, me too. And he like plays hard like that. Almost on a nightly basis, he makes some ridiculous one-on-one beat. Like, it's hard to beat a defenseman one-on-one, period, let alone NHL defensemen. And this guy's doing it. He's doing it almost nightly. every night, yeah. And he, he plays hard. He's he's slippery. That little play where he keeps it in at the blue line on the – he didn't get an assist on it, but he should have. Oh, that was insane. That was great. Yeah, he's like, there's a guy draped all over him. He's just like, get off me. I'm going to dish this now. Yeah, it was, he so was like five seconds. Yeah, like so much. That takes strength and and confidence and skill to make that play. Patience, vision, everything. This guy is hands down our best hockey player on the on this current roster. Oh, it's not even close. And how old is he? Twenty. Twenty. Well, and this is the thing. Like this is what I think most of us have been. Oh, he's twenty-two. I guess he's a little older than I thought. Oh yeah, it's because he's been. He's been developing, and this is why, you know, like, this is what Flames fans have been dying for for years, because you see all these other teams, it's like, oh, they've got this kid they just drafted last year, he's 20, and he's, like, scoring all these goals, and our guy's like, wow, we just, uh, they're not ready yet, so oh, no, no. 20, it's like our youngest player in the lineup is, like, Dylan Dubé, he's, like, 24, 
It's refreshing. How about, uh, how about uh, Dustin Wolf gets his, his oh, first yeah. win this season? First win this season, right? Oh, confidence! Oh, he's gonna get shot. Oh, I thought after he lost that other game, he we that he'd be ruined forever. Fuck. I thought after the you know two nothing early on that yeah you just done. send him right you just send him right back to the HL dressing room and say sorry bud you got to go back confidence back your your career's now over yeah it's probably over for you man you better go spend another three years in the minors rehabilitating your your state of mind we're so worried about your mental health can you handle it he was great and he was great after those two goals which he had well, no chance on by the way and. Okay, well, we'll get to it in a sec. The the Cadre bowling him more. Even the even when he came in in relief for <laughs> Vladara, who was who was it? Who were we playing? Um, that was the terrible, awful, no good Minnesota game. Right. Even then, those goals he let in. But he's so interesting to watch, eh? Because it's like this is a whole new paradigm, old new paradigm of goaltending. Like he does not look like any goaltender. I remember. He actually, kind of looks like Kibersov a little bit. Actually, he's yeah, he's super athletic and it's fun to watch because it's yeah. it is. He's just he's not just bulked out on as much as equipment as possible, just trying to fill as much net as possible. This guy, like you said, yeah, super athletic. The the foot speed on him is ridiculous. He might have the the quickest foot speed on the team. So watching him oh, totally. tend the, watching him tend the net is like oh it's it's interesting to watch because I haven't seen anything like this. Like I don't remember Vernon. You guys are fucking ancient. Like I don't remember. I remember being a kid and you know you're walking around. Actually, I think when I was a kid, the new the new tendy was Trevor Kid. That was <laughs> Ken Reggett, maybe. That was the era. Kenny Reggett, Rick Tabaracci. <laughs> Holy fuck, dark times, eh? Freddie Brathwaite. Oh, I love Freddie though. Yep. So it's it's just really interesting to watch in this day and age, 2023, a goaltender. Because it's like he's skin, kind of skinny too, right? He's just a wee wee guy in there. But he's he's relying completely on his athleticism. And it's just interesting to watch. That one play, did you see this? Where was it? This someone was screening him in front. This was the last game. Oh, yeah, the Carolina game. Yeah. And he's looking to his right because Stahl is standing right in front of him, big, big body. So he's looking around to the right, and then he actually catches it with his left on the other side of Stahl. Like he tracked it by looking to the right and caught it, like basically without tracking the puck into his glove. It was insane. Did you watch this? Yeah, and Stahl is huge. How big is Jordan Stahl? Like six. He's a monster of a man. He's a, he's a beast. So it's interesting. And to me, this is, I mean, we made this argument weeks ago, months ago. This is where you're going to see him truly develop into the next level is by playing in the NHL. He's not getting any better in the AHL. That was, um, and that's got to be, about as good as a win you can get as a goalie if you're if you're Dustin Wolf. What's that? His third, third fourth game, game, I guess. Third start. Third fourth, start. Yeah. Fourth appearance. No, I guess that was his fourth start. He played the last game. 
Uh, no, third star. That's right. So you, you know, you get a win last year, but this garbage time of the season, you know, doesn't really, it's not really meaningful. So to get your first win of this season, when there's, there's a, you're now you're actually playing for a spot, like legitimately. So you, you know, you, you're down early to nothing and you end up winning that game, shut the door for the rest of the game. Like that is got to be good for his comp. That's how you build confidence. 100%. And I mean, this is the thing I don't understand about people who have been like, oh, his confidence is like, this is a kid who was like, he sat there at the draft floor until the very end. He was the last pick. Like at every level, this guy has been told you, you're not good enough. You're too small, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, he's been goalie of the year four straight years in a row. He's had to fight for everything. So, you know, two nothing game in like your second, third NHL start. That's like nothing to him. I think this guy's a freaking mental warrior already. So, I mean, I mean, this, this season, even though it's not very exciting to be a, a fan, there, there's some really interesting storylines. I'm having way more. I'm enjoying myself way more than I was last year. There's way more things to, to follow and storylines and, well, how, how about this? There's there's way more things to, to cheer for. Like I watching that game the other night, the Carolina game, like when they've been kind of been winning these comeback games, I'm kind of like always in the back of my mind. Like, yeah, I mean, this is I like watching Zary play and but like, fuck, I kind of wish they were like losing these games so we could get a decent draft pick. But like on uh, when did they play Friday night watching or Thursday night watching them play Carolina? I was like, I was full-blown like holy fuck we have to win this game for wolf like i was cheering for a player on the flames which i haven't been able to do in a while that was so something to cheer for that's nice yeah you want wolf to get his win and i mean this whole markstrom getting injured it's funny because across the board i don't know if it's a unanimous consensus but the consensus amongst the fan base is like awesome we're gonna get to see wolf no one's like, oh, fuck, Markstrom's out. <laughs> Everyone's like, fuck, yeah, we're going to see Wolf now. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that that's the reality we're living in. And then what a storyline. Like, if, and I mean, if you're the Flames and you're Conroy, I would be giving Wolf the majority of these starts while Markstrom's out. This is your actual legitimate shot to see what you have here. Is Is he, can he hang with the best of them? I don't, do you know who's, we're recording here Saturday morning, so just before the game starts, do we know who's confirmed to start today? Is it Vladar? I think Vladar, I don't know if he's confirmed yet, but he was in the starters net yesterday at practice. Yeah, Um, well, it wouldn't surprise me if they go back to him, but why don't you just roll with him? Yeah, I'd be rolling with him, especially after that win. And I mean, maybe you want to see, maybe you want to showcase Vladar a bit too. You're looking to move him, but... I would be starting I'd be starting Wolf the majority of these next few games. Okay, well let's get into the overall the management here because we, I mean yeah, th- this to me is probably the the main storyline of the season is how is Conroy going to manage all these pending UFAs throughout the duration of the remaining season, right? Basic, yeah. So he trades the door off. Was it last week? Um, yeah, 
right before the Vancouver game last right week. Before he scores the game winner against us in his first <laughs> game against. Well, I mean that's all given. It's the Flames. What he, well, of yeah. course, it's a you universal even, law. Yeah, you don't have to pencil that in. Just put it right there on a pen. Yeah. But um, this one's a little different because um, there's a trade request, not necessarily, you know, managing any contracts. What do you have? One more contract year after this. Uh, no, he's done at the end of the year. Oh, okay. All right. So getting ahead of it. But what did you think of the return? I think most people were a little not impressed with what Conroy got back. He's trying to, him and other pundits are saying, well, cap space, cap space, cap space. So in that theory, is it okay just to fucking trade Nylander for nothing so you can clear up <laughs> 10 and a half mil cap, cap space? Is that how that theory works? Across the board, everybody just has zero dollars to spend. Nobody's paying anybody. It'd be great. I I would agree with the cap space thing, and this is why maybe I'm kind of like waiting. It's obviously, I thought the return was very poor, but I will be um more pleased with that line of thinking if they actually use their cap space, which is something the Flames have never done. They they never retain sal. Like if the Flames go ahead and because like you're saying, a lot of the talk from people saying, oh, this is a good trade for the Flames because of the cap space. And Conroy himself is saying, oh, well, we get rid of, we, we didn't use a retention slot. So you can only have three retention. You can only retain three uh, money on three contracts in a given year. So, oh, we, we didn't have to use a retention slot. And we have cap to, you know, like maybe take some money back from another team in another deal. So. If they do that, then yeah, that makes sense. The problem is the Flames historically have never done that. They've never eaten money. They've never weaponized cap space like other teams have done. Like you've seen Arizona do this. You've seen multiple teams do this where, hey, we have, we're going to broker a trade between this team and this team. We're going to take on some bad money so we can get an asset or we're going to retain salary so we can increase the, the return on our other trades. That'd be great, but they never do that historically. So I kind of have to wait to see if they actually employ the, the use of that to see if this whole cap space, oh, we got cap space as an asset, is a valid argument. Well, and part of it is you're just always so mid. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, like how, think, are, how are we still winning games? Like, it, like Zary? It's like the last time, yeah, exactly. But the last time we recorded, we looked at the upcoming schedule. And I mean, I... What did I say? If you're Conroy, at least wait till the Christmas break to see where you're at. Yeah. Because, hey, if you can get into the playoffs, you got to, you have to, to try and get there. Your biggest point is pull the Nashville card, get there and secure your future at the same time. Like do both. And I think, I think from, you know, what I'm witnessing, Conroy is on that track. But he's he's waiting. Like I don't know. Sure, you're you can get more for some of these pending UFAs the closer to the deadline you get. But a guy like Tanev, like this guy, this guy could oh, yeah. block another shot with his face and be out for eight weeks. Exactly. Next game, like any moment, he could. Yeah. So if you're gonna seriously, you know, if you're planning on dealing Tanev, but I guess at the same token. You know, what's the, what are the offers looking like? Because it sounds like 
Well, if they're That's coming from Brad and his limp dick little stupid offers that are like half-hearted offers so he could be in on something, I'm sure they're not great. Sniffing around. Yeah, he's just he's poking in on around. He's in on Kane, eh? He was in on Kane for sure. I'm so shocked they didn't. They they probably finished second, though, eh? Yeah, close yeah. second. So, close. but, if I mean, jumping to the Leafs here for a sec, uh, Wall goes down with a high ankle sprain. You see this? Yeah. So he's out. They're, the other goaltender, was it Samsonov? Or the fuck yep. ever his name yep. is? He's been terrible. So now, now what are they going to do? I mean, you know Brad Schilling's not he's not the type of guy that's going to not want to go out and spend money on a... What do you mean? He's, al- he's already spent all his money. You know, let's spend more assets. He's got a horseshoe falling out his ass because Klingberg suddenly got hurt. Oh, of course. So he's got what? How much money does he have burning a hole in his? He's he's got some money burning a hole in his pocket now that Klingberg's out, like two million dollars. Can't he? He can't wait to spend that. What can um? If you're, do you think he's he's probably looking at a guy like Vladar? No, is it wouldn't wouldn't Vladar be perfect right now for the Leafs? And you know he's going to have a propensity to, you know, a bias for his own deals he's made in the past. Those are his oh, he guys. loves his own guys. So, especially when they turn out to be, you know, not complete flops. <laughs> but if you're Brad Trilly, now all of a sudden you have, we have two goaltenders here that might potentially make sense as trade chips in Vladar and or Markstrom. But which one of the which of the two would you would you trade? Well, if it were me, I I would be looking to trade Markstrom if somebody was interested in him. And I think maybe this little injury here gives you a good opportunity to see if Wolf. Well, that's my point. Is exactly like this is a kind of a this is a blessing. You have yeah. what a two three week stretch here where you can see exactly. There, we don't even have to sit here and argue about it. We don't have to hypoth hypothecate or whatever the fuck it is. Just pontificate. Just put him in there. Yeah. So far, the Carolina game, he's proving himself. Let's see if he can do it again. I, I think he should get 80% of the starts here while Markstrom's out. But that, that would just make sense from an organizational standpoint, wouldn't it? Don't you want to know if he's ready currently already? Wouldn't that totally well, help your cause and clear up? It would any- clear Everything Any confusion up. about how the goaltending is going to plan out and this and that, like because put him yeah. in there. Because what's if your alternative is oh we're going to play Vladar to see what he's like? Like well what if he's what if he's good? <laughs> then you're like oh well we keep Vladar and Markstrom we plays fourth with those guys and just like oh well Wolf's yeah. our third guy or maybe Vladar sucks and it tanks his trade value. I just see playing Wolf more clears clears things up way more than than playing Vladar. Well, if he's looking like he's NHL ready, then it it makes your decisions for you, which is nice. Yeah. You don't and have it, to. I think that fits Conroy's mo of playing young players more too. too. Yeah, me too. But this is your point always: is okay. We're gonna play with our. Oh no, he's good. Now what do we do? Yeah. Oh and now. He, yeah. And now we think maybe we should keep him because he's good. That's always the catch twenty two with the Flames. Yeah. As soon as their trade value goes up, then you want to keep them all. Of a oh, we can't lose this guy. He's been great. Like somebody, I just was on the Twitter this morning and Francis wrote this big article about Tanev and his trade value is going up, but that's 
hard for the Flames now to let him go because the trade value is going up. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that's the <clears throat> that's the thing. Like Elliot was reporting on, um, this week with like or, or last week with the Zadorov trade rumors is that like Toronto also wanted Tanev and the Flames are exploring that, but there's also like there is an appetite from the Flames to re-sign Chris Tanev as well. It doesn't like, make any sense, man. It makes no sense. He's 34. He's been awesome. Yes. He, w- he would this. be awesome on Like, he's awesome still. This is why you trade him. This is exactly the kind of guy you don't, you don't keep you don't, at this point in your life exactly. cycle as a team. If you want value coming back, then you trade him when he's good. I mean, we not learned anything here from Brad. You don't wait until that player has expired and be like, okay, now what do we get for him? You don't wait until it's like Sam Bennett and it's like he sucks now and he's asked for a trade. Uh, well, we'll just get rid of this. You don't wait till it's Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk and they just yeah. leave and then fucking leave. <laughs> trade them at peak value. And like, there's no way Chris Tanev, like, I don't know. And listen, I wouldn't be like super mad if they kept Chris Tanev on a short-term deal or something. I'm not going to like lose my mind over that. But the point Conroy said he doesn't want to lose guys for nothing. And where you're at as a team is you need draft picks and young players. And you have a 34 year old defenseman who is, it's a miracle. He has been so healthy in his time in Calgary. Yes. Out there blocking shots with his face, who teams are willing to pay for right now. And you can get something to build your future back. It would be insane not to uh, go down that road. Do you think Chris Tanev could net you a first? He would should. Have, he absolutely have, should. Would you have to retain? Maybe, but I'd be willing to do that. But you think the value is there currently with a healthy Chris Tanev? <laughs> You're telling you could, me, yeah. You could net yourself a first. Well, maybe we'll get a third in like 2042. Yeah, for lucky. Yeah. The market's Don't bad. No worry, we're going to get it next decade. I think Chris Tanev should get you a nice little haul for the kind of player he is. So, I mean, I don't even, there's not even a discussion here. Do you keep him or not? Exactly. At at his shelf life, with the way he plays, with the direction this team's heading in, do I love the player? Yeah. Do I want him on my team? Of course I do. But yeah, I'd rather have the first round draft pick. Well, and listen, like this is something you, this is something teams do all the time is like, Hey, if you want to come back next year, we'll sign you, you know, like yeah. that should like, that's kind of what I was saying was the door off too, is like trade him. Like if he wants to be here, like tell him, yeah, there's a contract waiting for like, say that to Chris Tanev. Like, Hey, we'd be, Oh, we'd love to sign you again next year. If you want, if you're, if you really like it here and you want to come back. Yeah. Here's your shot at winning the cup. You see players, you see that happen all the time with deadline rentals. I, it's just, it's very flamesy to be like holding on to guys. <laughs> no when other team does this. When you're how many points out of the playoff spot? Yeah. So, I love how it's like, oh, we're only three points out of a playoff spot. Let's hold on. Not like, oh, we're in a playoff spot. Maybe we should hold on here. And, oh, no, and, we're, just, we're just out. And you're and also like five points from the bottom. Exactly. You're three points out of a playoff spot, and you're uh, what is it? We're twenty second yeah. in the league right now. You're what is it? Ottawa and points. Anaheim Seven are points up yeah, on San Jose. exactly like the 
Ottawa and Anaheim are like five points behind us only. That's not how is, Ana- how is Anaheim not good still? Yeah, they're taking their time, eh? It's weird. Ottawa too. And Col- so, yeah. Col- Columbus, obviously. Seattle's down there where they should And be. Buffalo. What the what is going on with these? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But maybe the you... rebuild maybe rebuild isn't so great. <laughs> yeah, true. The Oilers are down there too. We got well, Cage Thompson. Yeah, but we still suck. Well, look at the teams who are good though. Like that's why they they're aggressive about it and they know what they're like. I look at the Rangers as the model of like that's how and, you rebuild. And, and Dallas. Dallas and I mean, did success. Yeah, Dallas too. I mean, the Rangers are New York. People want to go play. And it helps when you have guys like Panarin wanting to come there. And Adam Fox will only sign with you. That definitely helps. Um, but yeah, like Dallas is a good example. Um, you can do it. You can be smart about it. Carolina too. They've never really bottomed out. Anyways, I just think you, you have to trade Chris Tanev. Um, have to. You have to. <laughs> well, okay. Let me put it this way. If you traded Hannafin, you have to trade Lindholm. You have to oh, trade yeah, Lindholm. He's, he's not you have to trade Lindholm. Lindholm for sure nets you first. I think you would be better off trading Hannafin and better off trading Tanev, but I think Lindholm is the one guy you have to trade. I mean, we've been talking about this. If you're Craig right now, you're trading to teams to make them better so that the others don't win the Stanley Cup. 100%. I posted this idea and it got every it resonated with a lot of people. They're like, oh fuck yeah, this is this is great thinking. You trade you trade Lindholm to like Colorado, um, Tanev to Vegas or something, Hannafin to Dallas. Hey, I think from, Lindholm should go. I think Lindholm should go to Vegas. Yeah, like load these other teams up to just make LA. It Who can we give LA? Tanev. Tanev or Tanev should go to LA. If I guess Talbot's been really good there. They could have Hannafin to Colorado. That'd be a good fit. Who else? Who can load, go to Dallas? Load up, load up the West. Yeah. Because at this point, at this rate, the Oilers, um, well, they're not catching LA. This is great, man, because they yeah, I don't oh fuck. I'm I'm just here to watch the Oilers lose. That's it. That's all I'm here for. I think I they're I still think they're gonna they can't beat Vegas. I still don't think they're equipped to beat Vegas. Well, I don't, dude. I think LA is now better than them. Yeah, LA is a wagon. So we we should fucking hey. Absolutely. There's there's another perfect example of a team that turned it around yes. pretty quick. LA. Yes. Yep, and I kind of feel like this is what Con. I have a feeling this is kind of what Conrad is doing. Like he's slow playing this. I don't mind it. Because what you're seeing is you're all the youth that's coming up into the lineup is yeah. effective, 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 effective. And so he's slowly pulling this, pulling this off. He's slowly building his case for like, this is the way. You have the best AHL team. Like the Rangers are fucking good. Coronado, he, he, has he been the best player in the league since going down? He's... Been well over point per game. He leads the Wrangler. He didn't play yesterday. I think he might be on his way up. Like I, we'll I see this, but I he's been great yesterday. All I want for Christmas, and this is not a ridiculous ask. I think this could happen. Is to see Shillington, Pelche, Coronado, 
Wolf and Zari on as regulars on this fuck, team. Fuck yeah. And not only would that be exciting and fun, it's like these guys could actually It'd and be this good. is the this is the whole thing that we're what do you call this? A slow rebuild, a quick rebuild, a like, retool. I don't know. There's gotta Here, be a new here's here's what I call it, just having a vision of building your team through the draft. That's it. It's not any more complicated than that. And the the Flames have done a good job drafting, apparently. The Zari is, I mean, everybody, what, what was he, was he a first-round pick? Yeah, he's a first-round pick in, um I think, 20, was it the COVID year or the year before? I think it was 2019 or 2020. Um, and what and overall they, was he? They traded down to get him even, even. I think he was 24th overall. So, he's legit. I It's not even a small sample size anymore. He's our best player. He's been our best player since he's been in the lineup. And it's not even a flash in the pan at this point. How many games has he played? He's played, um, well, just for reference, he's played He's played 16 games. As of today, he's a, he's 11th overall in rookie scoring um, with 12 points in 16 games. And he's played the, the fewest games of anybody on that list. He leads all rookies in points per 60 minutes. All rookies. He's the highest scoring rookie. Points per 60, Connor Zeri is first right now. 2.98 points per 60. For reference, Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard is fifth. 2.61 points per 60. He's been so good. That's insane, dude. Points per 60. And this, I mean, why does, you it couple, say, why does it say 2.98? 2.98 points per 60 minutes. This is. He's averaging that? Yeah. Three points a game. Three points per 60 minutes, him on the ice total. Oh, on the ice? Yeah. Wow. What a stat. He's been Simon, really good. Simon Nemec. Was that our pick? Um, that's New Jersey's pick. He's only played like three games, so his is going to be a little more inflated. Three um, games, right? You've got a few other ones in there, but like of the of the rookies who have played, like if you do the cutoff at like a hundred minutes, even Bedard or Bedard. <laughs> Why are these hockey players named Connor? Um, Zary would be first. Um, kid in Columbus would be second. Ridley Gregg in Ottawa's third. Connor Bedard's fourth. Leo Carlson in Anaheim's fifth. That's some pretty. That's some pretty elite company for Connor Bedard, or Connor. Fuck Connor Zary. Well, and watch the games. Like he's exciting. Watch the games. He's he dang. makes so many good plays, and he he makes game changing plays. And he every time he's on the ice, he's making shit happen. You got to think. Man, I just hope. What's the deal with Pelletier? Do we know? I don't know. The last I heard is he maybe would be back in the, in the new year. I sure should hope so. Like, how fucking long is this injury? Like, but imagine he comes back and he's he's good. Shillington skating, like, you're not gonna start skating with the team if you're not coming back, right? And I still don't know what the fuck is going on with Shillington. Does anybody know? Yes. Mm-hmm. No one he's knows. Been going yes. through, he's been going through massive challenge. Everybody says, well, what is it? 
Mental health. So it must be substance abuse, eh? Something. Something. Mental health? Could be just mental health. Anxiety and pressure to perform just debilitates you or what? Like, I don't know. I could see that happening. You get but Pelche in here. Not... You get Shillington in here. You get, like, if Jeremy Poirier was healthy, you get him up here running your power play. Well, this is this is the thing. Trade Tanev. Get yourself, even if you yeah. got a second and a, and a, what do you call them? Blue chip prospects. You got a good prospect from the Leafs. A solid, a solid prospect. Get another guy, young guy in the, the last. Exactly. Who's that? Robert Robinson on the Leafs? Here's you, Mr. Robinson. <laughs> would they, I think Brad, I think Brad would. This is, people are underestimating what, how much Brad will pay for a defenseman. I think they're like, oh, they'd never give up that. Yeah. I like seeing some of the. You'd be surprised. I like, I like seeing some of the Leafs um, trade fans. proposals. There, there was one shit, dude. There was one uh, Noah Hannafin. So Lindgren for Noah Hannafin and a first. Yeah, the we give the we give the first. The yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit! And they're just like legit they're out to lunch, and they're, like, they're totally serious about it, eh? Yeah, that's the thing. Totally serious. We, we'll, yeah. We're yep. the ones uh, selling. Uh, we're the ones selling, but we'll 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 give you a first round draft yeah. back for him. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Insane. Okay, have our whole entire draft here. How about that? Yeah, just have the whole draft class, and hey, we'll throw in Coronado too. But yeah, exactly. Like if you like, wouldn't you watch the shit out of a team that has yes. Gary Coronado? Like with even without Lindholm and Tanev, I think. I think that's Tanev. I think delete moving him out of the roster that definitely has a major effect. But the way Lindholm's going, and I know he kills penalties and stuff, and he's an all situations player. But are you telling me removing him would have like that the way he's playing right now that much of an impact on if you still wanted to make the playoffs? No, probably not. I mean, it makes a hole, but. Yeah, he's been pretty good lately. He's been okay. He's but still I, only he's still only gonna like score like fifty points probably. I think you're right. The vision is clear. You look to what these teams you rattled off have done. I think LA, like you said, is a great example. Just start pushing the youth in. You gotta know you you know, and let them slowly start to take it over. I mean, LA is still rolling with Kopitar. Yeah, like LA didn't make like these huge scorch the earth, like trade all their players moves, right? And I mean, sure, there was a few, there's like three years in a row there they missed the playoffs. But holy shit, do they look good now, eh? Oh, fuck. Lee and, set a league record for most consecutive road wins. No one can beat them at home. And this is 10 years, this is 10 years removed from winning their second Stanley Cup. Yeah. That's what you they can still, do if you have a still vision. Drew, they still have Drew Doughty. And Drew Doughty's still there. Like you, yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to trade Huberto and Kadri to be able to like rebuild and be competitive. No, it it probably helped, but we're here. Okay, so well, on this last podcast, we look at the stretch of games. Like here's how we've done since we last recorded. I think it was after the Islanders game. You go into Seattle, you you can do a four-game road trip. Seattle, you win in overtime. You lose to Nashville. You beat Dallas. Lose to Colorado. Then you beat Vegas. Then you beat Dallas again. Lose to Vancouver. 
lose to Minnesota, beat the Canes. You're beating you beat, good teams. Beating, beating Vegas. You beat Vegas and Dallas back to back. That was insane to me. And you beat Dallas two times in, in like a week. Yeah. And these were good games. It's not like you just, oh, fuck. You're like, you're even this Canes game. Didn't we dominate the Canes? The second and it was the second and third period, the Flames absolutely crushed them. So there's a lot to pick apart here. I mean, Daryl's gone. Husko was, you know, under tutelage under Daryl. So he would have picked up a lot of great things. Are we starting to see from a system standpoint? Because the personnel thing is, this is a way different personnel than what Daryl was working with last year. And that's partly Daryl's choice with sticking with all the vets all the time. But are we starting to see this team from a system standpoint kind of mesh together outside of the fucking power play never doing anything? <laughs> but you're like, we're sitting here, you're beating good teams, you're playing. Some of these games, like you'll go online after everyone's like, oh, this is a fucking great game to watch. Like that third period comeback against the Canes. Like that was. Well, even the comeback against, uh, it's a 2 1 game, the Vegas game. That was great. So you're, you're watching these, these games. What did they say? They get, we have more comebacks. We have, we what, have like, it, <laughs> but we have one comeback last year. I think we had two total. It didn't take us long to match the total. We're already at like five or six, I think. I think that's probably what you're seeing more than anything is like <laughs> things normalizing a bit. You're actually finally getting some bounces. And how I haven't really, you know, you look at these more closely. How How is the team outside of the power play from a system standpoint, team metrics? They've been pretty mediocre. They're, they're kind of, I think they're pretty similar to what they were last they're still a possession team, more so than anything. Well, the the Carolina Hurricanes are maybe they're playing bad hockey right now, but traditionally they're just an analytics. Yeah, darling, like, they're, they're a Corsi darling. Like, that's what the Flames. Them. Yeah, that's what the Flames have always kind of been. Like they're still they're top ten team Corsi wise in terms True. of ex- the Flames. Okay, and Carolina's first, obviously. Yep. But in terms of like expected goals percentage, they're like pretty mid. In terms of creating quality offense, not very similar to last year. A lot of shots, not a lot of height, not a lot of like quality scoring chances at five on five still. So yeah. they're still, they're still, I think they're still a very similar team to what they were last year. I think the difference is this year, they're actually getting some fucking saves once in a while and they're not hitting the post every shot. These things are going in. Hey folks, our show is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. 
On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. I had to read all of that, apparently. Okay, so it's not necessarily a team playing, even though they are... It's not a systems thing. I think it's just you have is, some more skill. They... You have some more skill. You have these kids in this a little more skill that's in the it. lineup. That's what it is. And I mean, that's that. And I, it, I, and I mean, I, hey, maybe you're not gripping the stick so tightly anymore because. Because Daryl's not going to. Daryl's not going to rip your head off. If you fuck up. <laughs> it's not going to endlessly shame you and make fun of you and publicly. And <laughs> I think the D though, has been a fucking funny. Even though it's awesome for us, I think the D has been a little more active. But I think more than anything, this pucks are finally going in, and that's what you see every year, right? Well, we're getting bounces all the time now. Like those, we, those we didn't get one last year. Like some of the goals Weger scored in the last week, where he just kind of like, hey, it just went in. It's like none that wasn't going in last year. So, so things are normalizing, but the the biggest thing is it's the the young guys. I just right, think it's so the young guys making skilled plays, getting some energy into the lineup. And do you think that's sustainable? I mean, we're sitting here making a case for you should commit to this direction. I think it's and sustainable. That's, that's the reason why you're winning. And I mean, if it's not sustainable, you're screwed either way. So you go all in on this this youth movement in this future. That's why I was like, man, well, how, how nice would it be for those Flames to catch a break and have Shillington come back to the roster. Come back, I know, and be, oh. it'd be great. And I mean, I'm just thinking, sitting here watching, like, I think Huberto actually has been a lot better in terms of creating offense. He has. Last... He's, just, he's just not worth... He's not worth... No, he's money. not, but if you What's can, his value? Five mil? I'd say if you're looking at, let's say you sign him in free agency, like a cadre, and it was like he's coming off career year, and he's going to be way overrated for the amount of money, like, maybe you're looking at, like, oh, a seven to eight million dollar guy. Like if, you know, but if he can be, if like, I'm just sitting here thinking like, okay, imagine, imagine he's playing with Zary at center and Coronado on his wing and you're building this young skilled team with him there. Like yeah. how much, like he could probably refine his game, I think. Cause I think you're seeing him make plays finally for the first time. I yeah, think you're finally. seeing him affect offense for the first time. He's still yeah. like, you're saying like way overpaid and we he's still on pace for like 50 points. What we really want to see is a consistent elite level playmaking touching the game every single game. That's yeah. what we want. But if he's playing and with... hey, like you said, there's signs of it. He's now he's finally making the simple plays. And and he's elevating simple to complex, slowly but surely. That's what you have to do. So but I mean you're sitting here, and I know a lot of fans say the same thing as you're winning all these games. Without Hubriel being elite, without Mangiapane ever scoring anymore, without Dubé doing fuck all, without the power play ever scoring a goddamn goal. Imagine if Mangiapane could score still. Imagine if Dubé could score still. Imagine if Huberto was well, you know, that, he- that further along and closer to the player. Imagine if the power play could chip in once a game. How about once a week? How about once? How about a once month? a month? <laughs> what did you say? We have 10 power play goals this How about year? once? Period. 
Yes, we had what ten power play goals. And, and the other stat that's mind blowing is no player has more than one power play goal. So you have ten players with Holy one power play smokes. goal. Dude, Matt Coronado, what do you score in the third goal in the season? Score a power play goal. Bring this guy up just for the fucking power play for exactly. crying out loud. Like it's not rocket science. It's confidence. Ooh, he's got to go down and learn. Got to get better. He's got to yep. get confident. Dude, he was fine. He was totally fine. It's like all those stats I rattled off when they sent him down. He's like third and he like over the 10 games that everyone was saying, oh, he's really fell off cliff. He like led the team in high danger scoring chances. I was like, yeah, I think his confidence is okay. I think yeah, he's the, doing, I think he's doing has, just fine. What? The team as a whole lost, um, what was the record? Two and two and eight? Yeah, it was like two and eight and one or something. Oh, yeah, let's, two, pin, seven, it on the, let's one. pin it on the fucking... Well, and ima- exactly, imagine how much better he'd be now that, like, they yes. sent him down when everything was in the shitter. Now, like, the vibes are great. You've got you've got Zeri up here. You've got you've got Pospisil. They are immaculate. You've got Pospisil up here. Like, get him up now that everything's kind of going better. Well, it sounds... Sounds like well, he, he didn't play yesterday. Him. He wasn't on the roster. I I would assume there's some flu stuff going on. Well, Connor did specifically say Coronado. We can bring him up now that we have don't have. Well, I, okay. I just want to talk about this draw thing for one more second because what did you think of Conroy's interview? I don't know because he was who Leslie interviewed him the, the, during the intermission of the Canucks game where they had just traded his draw, and he's taken a lot of heat. But I actually. Didn't mind what he was saying. Yeah, Where, I didn't mind what he's saying, but like, you tell me you couldn't have got more. Yeah, I think. How do you? How could you not get more? A third of two years from now. Yeah, you you basically got nothing. My biggest year. problem is it with it is that it's in the in the his total body of work. If you look at that trade in a vacuum, I think it's still very disappointing that he was only able to get that. A third in two years and a fifth. Yeah. But, you know, if you just look at that in a vacuum, it's like, it's oh, this guy didn't want to be here. He's expiring at the end of the year. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Sure. But when you look at it in the context of like, Kate, what did he get for Toffoli? You look at this body of work of trades, it's like, fuck. Yeah. That's what it? did you, well, if you, if you basically put them together, you traded Zadorov, a solid third playing pairing defenseman that lays bodies who's really good defender defensive impact very very strong has become a really good i think he's become a much better defenseman since coming to calgary than he was previously who just followed us on twitter by the way oh fuck yeah what a, and, and one of my favorite players too right like i think that's maybe kind of a bummer like i know we're both the door guys and i know he's got his flaws but i really liked him you, and you i really like watching him play off. He trades Zadorov and Toffoli for what's the what's the total return? You get Sharon Govich, two thirds, one of which is in two years from now, and a fifth. That's totally unacceptable. No, that's not that's not good. That's not good value back, you, especially you, when you're the seller. You're the seller, and you traded two guys coming off career years. You just traded two guys coming off career years for 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 less than a middling return. Toffoli is on pace for fifty goals. Is that what I saw? Is that what you posted? At the time of the Zadorov trade, Toffoli was on pace for 45 goals. I believe he's still on pace for at least 40. He's got 12 and He's leading their team in scoring goals, is he not? He, he's on pace for 41 goals. So 
that's my a more 40 problem. goal score. Yeah. 40 goal score for, and everyone's like, oh, but Sharon Govich has been great. Sharon Govich has not been great. He's been okay. He's just a guy. He's got what, five goals? He's been good here and there. That's that's the exactly. extent of he's, it. He's been like a Dubé. Hey, sometimes he's been, oh, wow, he looked good tonight. Other times it's like, did he play tonight? That's most of the roster most nights. Yeah. So I'm serious. I'm, I'm into the third period. I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck. We still have Hubert. Over. I haven't even heard his name <laughs> once. Oh, there he is. Oh, yeah, he is playing. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. I don't know. So, like, at you just look at the body of his work trade wise alone, not considering the other fact that they tried to sign Lindholm and Hannafin into these monster oh, deals. Fuck. And it's just like, fuck, man. Like, I, I, I think, and I think the bigger problem I have with both the Zadorov and Toffoli things is that you kind of, not only did you sell low on two guys who are coming off career years and you should have got a buttload for, there's kind of like the, the process in which you got to the point of those guys wanting trades, I think worries me too. Is like somehow they managed yep. to like lose all the leverage in both of these negotiations and then just pretty much like give them away for nothing. It's like, I, I don't understand your process on, on how you managed to do that. Like this is a reverse Joe Sackick, Stevie Y situation where those guys take situations that like maybe a guy's asked for a trade or a hard trade request and they they're like fuck you I'm taking control of this I'm gonna get the best yeah. offer and then Joe Sackick turns like a Matt Duchesne trade request into like Kale McCarr holy shit masterclass we're just this is the, the opposite of that yeah we're on the butt end of it which is like okay you somehow managed to lose all the leverage in this negotiation with the player you somehow managed to lose the leverage in the, in the in, in assessing the trade market, and then you just traded them for not very much. I just I, I don't like either of those trades, and combined together, really bad. Well, those are the only two trades he's made, right? Yeah, I know. And it's like this is another thing to me where people, oh well, Zadorov asked for a trade, fully asked for a trade. What's he supposed to do? Exactly. Right? I we're getting back into this. Everyone, nobody ever holds these guys accountable. It's like I've talked to so many people who would say the same things about when Brad would make a poor move. It's like, well, what's he supposed to do? I don't fucking know. Best something better than that. Don't don't fuck find up, maybe. don't find yourself in that situation exactly. in the first place. Like, like you're you, telling you're like telling you me. Said, if he's not diddling around with Lindholm and Hannafin all fucking summer yeah. long, then then these guys don't feel like they're fucking. Not valued. It's like, I don't think they should be signing to Foley to it. Because this is what I hear on the radio. You kind of have the polar opposites. You have people on the Twitter online kind of Flames fan community, which we're more a part of, who are like, this is the terrible trade. What the hell are you doing? And then you have the polar opposite is like the, the mainstream media people who are like, oh, what's he supposed to do when the guy asks for a trade? And it's like, okay, well, you know, you look at, you like you just said, you look at the Foley one where it's like, yeah, Toffoli wanted to sign a long-term deal. I'm not sitting here saying they should have signed that, but the reason it got to the point where he asked for a trade is because you were, like you said, diddling around with Hannafin and, and Lindholm. Zadorov, same thing. He was They never offered him a contract. So you're sitting there as a GM. You haven't offered this player a contract extension when he's publicly expressed that he would like to stay in Calgary. And then you're like blown away surprised when he requests a trade. You don't see that coming at all. You're not on top of that enough, and you're like, oh, fuck, I didn't know. Uh, what was I supposed to do? Shit. Oh, well, I guess I just got to take whatever's out there because now everybody knows yeah. I got to trade him. 
So we'll take anything any year, any year you got. <laughs> so I, in a vacuum, this draw of trade is meh in, in the broader context of what Conroy's done so far, especially in the trading market. It's a big miss. Yeah. So far, we're not uh, we're not recouping much here in terms of. I mean, yeah, I'd rather have a third and a fifth than lose it for nothing, but that's a pretty low bar. He's got to hit the next one out of the park. Who do you think goes first, Leno? Probably one of this. Probably Tanev. If you're smart, you deal Tanev first. Tanev, yeah, exactly. Like that, he blocks that shot with his face. Every and like holy every shit. game that he doesn't get injured is a fucking miracle. Every every shift. Fuck. Yeah, I'm just gonna block this slap shot with my bare face. <laughs> I'm fine. What? I got one tooth left. Fuck it. He said that. Even do you hear that? Yeah, I, I lost my snaggle deal. I wouldn't even cared. <laughs> <laughs> that guy deserves a Stanley Cup. Holy shit! Seriously, send him to Dallas. Give him to Dallas. Give him to Vegas. Give him to Colorado. I just load up the Pacific. Yeah, in order of priority, I'd be looking to trade Tanev. Tanev first, and. I don't know. I still think you have to trade Lindholm. Like, holy shit. I, I like if we're going to like nitpick here, like it probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. If they ended up retaining Hannafin, I wouldn't, I don't agree with that. And I wouldn't be spending my money there, especially given what you could probably get for him. But you have to trade Lindholm. You, you have to. Dude, the, the coyotes are ahead of you in the standings. <laughs> all you need to know and you wouldn't have to trade Lindholm if like maybe he kind of wanted to be here and you didn't have a bunch of other contracts you're already paying a lot of money to older players but if you do not trade him you lose him for absolutely nothing which is exactly in your first press conference what you said you weren't going to let happen again All right, uh, do you want to touch on Mangiapone and Dubé? These guys are getting fucking absolutely shit on online for good reason. They've been terrible. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good conversation because I think I think Mangiapone's just doing Mangiapone things. That's kind of been his ammo for a while. You look at his numbers; he's actually still, you know, like creating scoring chances. He just can't score. Which, other than that, like, well, year he scored thirty-five goals has always kind of been his thing, right? Yeah, streaky, streaky. Bad finisher. Dubé is just like terrible, I guess. Looks lost. Which he can't even score in blast anymore. And then you know, you got a real problem. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I've back when Dubé was just kind of breaking into the league, he looked like he had that kind of like tantalizing skill that we were missing. And he's speed. just never speed, which he doesn't really execute. He's just like my favorite comment on. Twitter is what does he bother being first in fitness for if he doesn't even fucking do anything? What's he use all his fitness for? <laughs> well, he can hold his breath a really long time. How's your breath, Phil? <laughs> that bad, eh? Oh, he, he can ride the bike better than anybody. Well, I guess that doesn't translate into being good at hockey, eh? Sure doesn't. Maybe you should try. Uh, remember, remember in the summer when they wanted. Maybe to you should try one of those Grand Prix. Why doesn't he get a balloon? Why doesn't he take Huberto's trainer? Get some balloons. Start blowing some balloons while on a balance beam. <laughs> That'll help him. <laughs> a balance beam. Remember in the we're summer when the flames... A pink, wearing a pink leotard. Yeah. Like, 
okay, I've never been like a huge Dubé believer the way I have been a Mangiapane believer, but he had 45 points last year. Isn't that kind of surprising? 45 points. His underlying numbers suck, but he still put up points. I guess he was playing with Toffoli a lot. Was he? Where did he even play? Him and somebody spotted him and Toffoli hanging out yesterday. eh? Dubé needs to go to a team like Tampa where you can just stick on the third line and chip in every once in a while and then score some big playoff goals. He's part of me feels like he might have suffered from like Sam Bennett syndrome where it's like the one thing that has always bugged me about how they've handled Dubé is that they've never had him play center, which I think I think he's a much better center than he's been a winger. And I've said that for a long time. And that's never really what I understood about Bennett. They're like, yeah, you're playing the wing while fucking Jankowski gets to play center. Like, what? Yeah, the next Joe Noondike. Thanks, Joe Noondike. It's like, why, why aren't you playing this guy in his natural position? And then Bennett goes to Florida, and he plays center, and he's instantaneously better. Second line center, power up minutes, everything. Yeah, so I don't think it's – I don't think Dubé hasn't been given a chance like like Bennett wasn't. I think it's the exact no, opposite. No, Dubé's always given chances. But being given a chance and being properly utilized are two different things and being able to fulfill a role that you're actually good at. And I know Daryl was a big Dubé guy, and I think that's maybe partially why he actually had a pretty good year last year because one thing Daryl is good at is getting guys to understand their role and perform their role and making sure they know they have a role on the team. Right now, what's Dubé's role? Nobody knows. He's up and down the lineup. He's everywhere. He's here. He's there. He's just the utility guy. It gets old over after time. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, if you as a player don't know your role and your role is just like to fill the the other roles when someone else, that can be challenging. So I think maybe make a good point there. I think on the Mangiapane front, I am kind of disappointed because... Me too, man. I really thought uh, he's been the biggest disappointment for me this season. And like I said, I think his underlying numbers are still fine, but I really thought like in this, in his prime, like these kind of three years where he's like 26, 27, 28, he was going to be like, yeah. I really thought he was going to be like a Mark stone type guy for us. I really did. No, he has not gotten better. <sighs> did you see this video with him and Rasmus Anderson playing hit the post? Because he can't even the fucking post. Oh, you're surprised Anderson can't hit, can't, doesn't have pinpoint accuracy or Manjibani. Why did they even bother publishing this? Yeah, publishing they should have been like this. Scratch this footage, guys. Wow, you guys actually suck. <laughs> They're like, like, what did he get? 12 pucks and he should hit, hit the post once. So bad. <laughs> do you think Shillington's going to come back? Fuck, man. Well, yeah, I do. Do you? He's skating with the team. He Is must, just, he must was, be coming did he, back. Did he just come for a skate for his mental health? Why doesn't anybody fucking tell us what's going yeah, on? You think two years later, there would be some update. You think that when he's skating on the team and it's circulating publicly, that then we get some sort of update. Is there a timeline for his return? Is there a return happening? Or is he just fucking, this is good for his mental health. I don't know what's going on. There'd better be a return. Fuck, do we need a guy like him, man? Eh? We need can you I, the D would be okay. Let's say you trade Tanev. Would I would watch the shit out of a team that's like, hey, top line is Huberto, Zeri, Coronado, 
Your second line's like Pospisil, Kadri, and Monge. Third line, Godri. Godri. Um, third line, Backlund and Coleman with whoever. And then you have like Dubé, the kind of outcast Rasichka, Dubé. I think Sharon Govich should actually play well with, with Backlund and Coleman, well, who doesn't play well yeah. with them. But, and then your blue line is like Uyghur, Anderson. Let's say when Poirier's healthy, Poirier, Shillington. Imagine watching Poirier and Shillington play together. Holy shit, that'd be awesome. And then have just like a third pairing of like, get Mark Pissick up here, who they signed. Old veteran guy. Maybe he's kind of reliable. Pissick and whoever else. Like... That'd be probably a fun, entertaining team to watch a lot. You probably wouldn't win a lot. Wolf, Wolf and Net. Wolf and Net. Like, sign me up. I'll watch that. Like, I'll watch these. That's why I'm enjoying watching these games because I don't really care about the outcome too much. Yeah, you just want to watch the players. I just want to watch the players, which is it's great. I just want to watch Wolf. I want to watch Siri. I want to watch Shillington when he's back. I would like to watch Poria. I want to watch Coronado. What have you thought of uh, Solovyov? Yeah, he's been okay. Man, his first shift he got fucking. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. First shift was a Felino. Uh, Marcus Felino, yeah. Felino comes down. That Minnesota game was brutal. It's quite the um, celebration that him and Wolf have after the uh, after they win, eh? The christening. The christening of the crease. The fuck is that all about? What's happening here? What's going on? Are these guys just? Uh... Exercising the demons that the that yeah. live in, that permanently live inside the saddle after the whole Ottinger, we tried to curse Ottinger and summon a demon. Is that what they're trying to do? Oh, time the, somebody did that. Get that out of the. Get this oh, thing out of the dome. Time somebody brought some holy action to the dome. Yes, cleanse that fucking place. Let's go. Exactly. I like. I love shit like that. That was awesome. That was totally awesome. That was. That's even better than the the Kachuk goalie love. Oh yeah, fuck you, Matthew. That was funny. Did you see Weegers like what the fuck are these guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. So was I don't know. We've seen. Tell me what you think of these these bottom kind of you know sixth, seventh, eighth defenseman guys. Like we've seen Gilbert quite a bit. You've seen Austerly. Now we've seen Solovyov. Um, am I missing anybody? Um, that's no, it. I think that's it. So those three guys, like, who do you like out of these three? Like, what if? Well, I definitely would boy. prefer Solovyov. He's six three. He's young. I mean, I don't think he's. He's just been playing. He's just a guy right now. He doesn't. I think that's his game though. Like, this is a guy who was what, like a seventh round pick or something. So for him to be in the league at all is pretty sweet, and to be able to develop to that point. There was a um, you know, post going around. Who's been the most effective flame or the most valuable flame through? We're basically a little bit over of a quarter way through the through the season here. Um, who do you think it is? Is it Zari? It's probably to- it's totally Zari. Zari, and I would say, and this this guy was not on the list, but I think, I think um. Blake Coleman is, is probably oh yeah Coleman your, for sure he's been probably the been your, yeah yeah he's been the guy scoring the clutch goals he's been he, like the Toffoli of last year yeah. this year yeah he's he lead the team in scoring he goals. must was he have seven goals this year 
seven goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, they showed they showed on sports that the other night. They were like, here's all the goal leaders of all the Canadian teams. And it's like everyone's got like 18, 15, 16. And then the bottom two, Montreal, Sean Monaghan with eight. Yeah. And yeah. then Lindholm was seven. I know. You're really I that's the thing Fuck, you watch. Dude. You tune in other games and there's oh Blake, fucking Bester's got 18 goals. Oh, here are the, the goal scoring leaders. Bup, 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 bup. Oh, this who leads us? Coleman's got seven. Blake Col- Blake Coleman, seven goals. But you know, we there is that other stat thrown out there too that you know, if you're looking at the most balanced goal scoring, the flames lead the league. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, that was the whole point of what Daryl was trying to get them to do last year, too, right? Like, he was going up. We don't have any superstars. You all you all suck. Yeah. <laughs> Every one of you sucks. You know, you got to play as a team if you're going to win anything because you all suck individually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you, Huberto. Um, Especially you. So, yeah, it's, I mean, the D has been, like, I think Weir has, like, six goals already, which is sweet. Yeah, you've been chipping in the line. has got five goals. But yeah, I think if you're looking at who's the most value, who's been it's at Zary, and I think it's not even close. He's come Zary. in and he's they had an almost instantaneous turnaround as soon as he came up. Yeah. Zary Coleman and maybe maybe Anderson. Like he's he's I mean, scored some big goals. He's make you know, he's I think pretty he's pretty good back there on a nightly basis. Unless he's not on the power play, he's good. I think maybe oh, maybe Kadri too. Like he's yep. he's he's kind of tell off a bit, but I mean he's still been pretty good every night. On but, the other on the other end of the spectrum, who's been the worst? Like is it, it's probably Pony and Dubé. Probably Dubé for sure. I think Pony's still like what was underlying yet? Doing enough in terms of scoring chance creation. Obviously, he's not scoring, but I think Dubé's probably been the worst. I and like straight up probably like. Lindholm has not been very good, man. He's been okay recently, yeah. but this whole year, like, you got it, man. You got it. You got to deal, Lindholm, man. So let's rip through the lines here real quick. Currently, the top line are they calling it the Huberto line still? I think the Huberto line is the third line, as far as I'm. I think the top line is the Kadri line. So Kadri, Zari, and they're still playing. Um, they had Pospisil scratch there, but he's been there the last little while. Because they they put they tried Dubé there one game. Tried right? Dubé there for sure, yeah. Oh god. <laughs> so currently, right now, top line is Kadri, Zari, and Pospisil. I'd say, yep. And then, so the second line has been Backland, um, Coleman, and Huberto, and I I still think until Huberto hits that next gear, which I think this is the only scenario we'll see him as playing with these two players just because they play such simple hockey. Um, But then maybe that gives you an option down the road. If Huberto can get going, how, why is the power play so bad? It's mind-numbing how bad it is. Like, they, they finally started trying some one-time options. Just keep fucking doing that. I just don't get, like, I don't get why it's complicated to have, like, one cross-ice pass on a power play. It's not. That's what all the good teams do. And you don't have to have elite skill. It's all about your, your setup. Yeah. And how Everyone, you oh, they around. don't have the skill. They don't have the skill to make a cross-ice pass, eh? Yeah, right? That's the thing. What? I make a post on Twitter. Why, is this, why does Savard still have a job at this point? 
Oh, apparently it's the players thought of that. Personnel. Yeah. We can't make no one can make a cross ice pass. Not capable. We've got the guess, guy who yeah. set the we got the guy who set the record for assists by a left winger. He can't make a cross ice pass, eh? Yeah. Why don't why don't you have I just don't understand this. If you're on your off wing, think about it. You can open up to the plate. Everybody's going on about breaking down hypo hyper analyzing. You know, he's better with options. He's gonna have more options if he's opened up to the entire ice. You know, if he's on his strong wing, he can't open up and if you're opened up, you can't think about it. Okay, if you're on the left wing, you're Huberto and you're on the power play. You you have no leverage behind putting any sauce but or crisp pass across to the other side of the net. Versus if you're on your off wing, so you're on the right hand side of the ice if you're Huberto. You have all the leverage and power behind a pass or a shot. How do you how do you shoot from your back left foot if you're on the left wing? If you're on the half boards, you can't well, one time it. Put guys in their one time position. Huberto can he has to play right wing on the on the power play. Was he doing this stupid same setup in in Florida? He was all over the place in Florida because they I actually they actually moved the puck. You. Reduce so many options having guys on their strong wings on the power play. You reduce so many. I mean, when I when I played hockey, I actually preferred playing. I would shoot left. Preferred playing on the right wing because you come down the wing and then you can open yourself up to the play. Sure, you lack a little bit of speed because now you're driving from your backhand, but even still, you can cut to the center of the ice easier from your backhand then you're already at your forehand when you get to the slot. So it's like, put these guys, keep them on their off wings. Just start working the one-timer. Stop with this Hannafin quarterbacking. Stop with this Anderson quarterbacking. Like, these guys are not elite at quarterbacking power plays. Stop right now. I think Boy, we've seen sure them. Aren't. I think we've seen them try this formation setup a little bit more lately, but you got to commit to it. I just don't understand if you're Savard. Dude, your job's pretty fucking simple, man. Study the top five power plays in the league. Study the shit out of it. And copy what they're doing. Well, it's, it's not it's not any much more elite talent than what you currently have on your roster. You can do it. Like it's not fucking it's, I, I still think these guys, you can be better than one for fucking 30. Well, and it seems like what I can't get over is like, it's not even like we're like looking at, okay, they're trying to implement some modern new tactics that just kind of like aren't working. Like this is just like, it's like, it's so basic level. It's like, it's mind numbing. It's mind numbing. It's like, I remember when like Jeff Ward was running the power play and like, it was really good that one year and then maybe kind of staying in the next year. But it's like, you kind you kind of at least knew the Flames like what they were trying to do. They yeah. had some nice set plays. They were actually utilizing their setup for a purpose. It's like right now, it's like, yeah, I have a, no yeah. fucking clue exactly. what on earth the Flames want to do on the power play. Yeah, I have no was, idea. There was a purpose behind their execution 
And now you're like you their team dumps it down. And right from the start, like say Hannafin has it behind the net. Oh look, Hannafin has some he is an amazing skater and he can distribute the puck well. But the hockey sense on this guy to be on the it's power play. Problem. You're not you're not gonna get much there. If if he has a very clear cut role and that's to skate the puck up the ice and then dish it to either side. But these guys can't even fucking their entries suck, their possession sucks. Um, their when they dump the puck in with their entries, I, which I hate. I hate seeing a team do that. You should be able to carry it in. You gotta have you gotta have strategies to carry the puck in with with possession. But anyways, their retrievals suck. They don't battle hard enough. Their puck support sucks when they're trying to retrieval. Their formation blows. They don't even have support guys when they when they're in formation on either flank. It's just like everything is brutal. And it, to me, it comes down to. It was still the same thing last year. It's terrible. Why is the head coach, right? Like last year, Daryl was, you know, for, for a little bit saying how bad the power play was. That's your, your colleague Fix over it. there. Exactly. That's your colleague. Does he need help? Head coach? Even Huska was like, yeah, our power play is, you know, he's he's making remarks about the power play. Okay, as an organization, let's go. This is professional sports here. This is the best league in the world. If you're getting that terrible of a result over and over and over and over again and fucking figure it out. Like, it's well, exactly. And it's just, ridiculous. it's mind numbing how like the only, the benefit, like I can't understand. They do the one, three, one. They want to play with structure because whatever, they don't have skilled players. Well, then you better have some set plays because that's the only way like a structure based power play that doesn't move very much is going to work is with some set play. Have you seen a set play? Have you seen one? No, I haven't either. <laughs> do do like, they? Do they even? Do they even? Oh, it, we don't know because they don't even can't even set up. Like if you watch the Oilers, who don't really play with much structure on the power play, it's all around motion, and they just move like nut jobs all over the place and just create so much havoc that something's going to open up. And obviously, they were they rely on their insane skill to do that. I wouldn't. I would imagine when you have a guy like Huberto who was. Third in the entire league behind only McDavid and Dry well, fourth, McDavid, Drysdale, and McKinnon in power play points in five straight years. That you could maybe like, oh, could we like maybe utilize this guy a bit more in the power play? Like, a little bit. Nah, we'll just have him sit stationary on his left wing and either lob a soft shot in Dude. for a rebound or just oh. pass it back to the point. It's mind numbing how bad it is. I do not get it. I don't I get how you can have a power play like that in the NHL. I just, yeah. I do not understand. Why is he in the left wing? Like I could do, I could say, okay, guys, we're just going to play a one three one and lob, lob pucks in from the point. Yeah. We only have, tips. we only have one play, but if we can execute it, we're going to score goals. They don't even have that. They don't even have but, one play. But like if you're like, seriously, why is he on his left wing? You have, you have no power on your back foot like that to make plays. Why is he yeah. stapled there? Like, why can't he I, move? I don't know, man. I can't. It's like, just mind blowing. So, it's so frustrating. It's insane. I can't watch power play. It makes anymore. me want to fucking blow my own head it's, off. It's weird how angry it makes me. <laughs> Dude, it's like it's fucking. I could be sitting there enjoying the game, having the best day ever. If I see that power play, I'm like instantly like so fucking pissed. Yeah, same. Just want to start killing. Yeah. <sighs> 
Let's get that chest on. If they want to do like terrorist training videos to like radicalize people in whatever country, they should just show right. them like hours and footage of Flames power play footage. Yes. That's Everyone will be yeah. ready to just like go nuts after they watch too it's, much. It's of that. basically Chinese wire torture. That's what it is. Yeah. Drip. That's what it is. Drip. 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 All right, man. Let's uh wrap this thing up here. Um let's call this the quarter review. Are we what you expected us to be? Obviously, the personnel has been a complete flip on the script. Um, I think we're pretty clear on what we what we think the direction should look like. I don't know what are your what are your overall thoughts here this far into the season? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think we're exactly what. I expected us to be. It was just kind of like a middling team. You know, that's that's really it. And the only developments that have been positive have been the young players. Yeah. Right? (laughs) It's been a weird, what, 26 games? Because you're kind of going on like these, you know, you went on that little heater there for a while. Like, yeah, maybe we are good, you know? Then you kind of lost two games. You get stomped by Minnesota, and you're like, "Yeah, no, we fucking suck." And you play that game against Carolina, and you're like, "Yeah, maybe we, maybe we are good." You know, this is the perpetual mind state of a Calgary Flames. Exactly, and if you get it, it, the problem is this is the perpetual mind state, mind state of of the management too, where every game seems to decide the future of the franchise. Yeah. So I just hope Conroy holds strong, can actually make some decent trades. And set this team up for a better year next year. You can be the twenty-four. Hey, we don't we don't have Johnny Gaudreau. Well, hey, you know what? Maybe Connor Zary in his rookie year can be as good as like a Johnny Gaudreau in your, his rookie year. And you can pull a 2014-15 and trade some guys and still make the playoffs. Yeah, I think I that's think kind. Of, that's what we're holding on to because we all know 100%. the propensity of this management team to just like want to sign everybody and just kind of make the playoffs. Like, I don't see, I don't know, man. Maybe this team gels a little more. If you had co- a little more consistent contribution from guys like Manjapani, Dubé, Huberto. The power you know, your guys are your, your highest paid guys, you know. Yeah, and if your power play actually did something, I don't know. Are you just slightly above average then? Like, the writing on the wall is clear. I think there's a clear path to, to how you need to approach this, and it's doing that rebuilding on the fly, right? Retooling on the fly. So you're you're continually bringing youth in, youth in, youth in, and it's you know your that's your main focus, and you know you just got to deal with these this UFAs and Tanev and and Lindholm. All right, well we'll see what happens. Um, whew, we got uh, yeah, Devils are coming up here pretty quick. Avalanche, Vegas. Jesus, tough you, road trip. And then you have Minnesota again, and then the Lightning in Florida. So I still oh then you got the Ducks and, and the Kings, I mean that Christmas break what a lot of GMs call that the the true halfway point of the season even though it's not you know exactly halfway but we're we're gonna be below five hundred I would uh, I would guesstimate by Christmas and you know it's just kind of unfortunate I guess that the Pacific isn't stronger or the West. Is, as a whole, because you could be your you could be that much more further out of the playoff picture. 
right? Because you're what you're five points away from from the bottom of the league, but you're three points out of a, of a wild card spot. Um, it just kind of perpetuates this waiting game. But I don't know the talk around the league, man. If you watch all the the shows, the sports, Sportsnet and Sports Center and this and that, you do. Everybody knows that Calgary is going to deal with these guys. It's just a matter of time. So let's just hope that, you know, we get some we cash in and get some good. Just hope off. the return is better than that Zadorov trade. Exactly. GMs around the league were surprised at the level of return. <laughs> yeah, the talk around the league, well, there was, a uh, you know, people were, were shocked. There wasn't, wasn't more. People were saying, why didn't you call me? I, uh, that's... I'm sitting there I'm like, wait, why why didn't Craig call every fucking team? Being like, hey, here's the ask. I'm not going to tell you what team it is, but can you do better than this? Can you do better in a third than in a two third years. in two years from now? Can you do better with no retention? Sure as shit, there's another team out there that would have paid more than that. So I don't know, man. Like, that's the thing. It's just like you, you're allowed to call the other GMs, Craig. You can call people other than Brad, eh? Brad, what am I supposed to do here? Brad. Boop. Boop. So, I think with Connie, yeah, we're still sitting here hopeful. Like you said, the first couple of trades are not a good, not, not a good indication of what he's done. But these next, I mean, how, how he handles these other, you know, pending RFAs, is going to really dictate which team this direction goes and give us a better sense of, you know, what Connery, what we have in Connery as a GM. Backland goes for the net. There's the pass. Scores! Sari with a terrific pass to Backland, who puts it home and makes it 6 for Calgary. With Backland and Mangiapane into the zone. Ruger shoots, scores! Now, who would 